<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and my brand new book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open. And there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show and you can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can take a screenshot of that Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole with that screenshot. And every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves and randomly picking winners every single month. All right, let's get to today's guests. They are return guests. You all love the first time they're on the show and they're back for more. It's Danielle and Kaylee from ClearStem. Danielle became known as the acne guru when she founded the San Diego Acne Clinic. After dealing with acne for 10 years and three failed rounds of Accutane, she took her acne health into her own hands and created the clinic's 98% success rate in improving acne for others. Kaylee, who's a holistic nutritionist, became a patient after her own dead-end quest to cure her own acne. After seeing the results that Danielle was able to deliver for Kaylee, the two decided to join forces to help others clear their own skin. And with that, ClearStem was born. Let's get right to it. This is Kaylee and Danielle's Art of Being Well. ClearStem girls are back. I'm excited for we this. Are. <laughs> we back. are too. <laughs> We're so happy to be back with you. We just adore you and your work so much. Likewise, I, I adore both of you and the work that you're doing. And people, the listeners of The Art of Being Well, adored your episode. So we had to have you come back for more. 
listen for people that didn't listen to the Clear Stem Girls the first time around. Wait till the end of this episode, then go back and listen to that for even more just amazing stuff. When you're talking about skin health from the outside in and the inside out, and just myth busting around skincare and gut health all around. So, what's what have you both been up to since we talked last? What's what's new in your life? So long. I think it's been like what, like two years, right? Yeah, something around. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I feel like it was a lifetime ago. I know. We've been formulating like crazy. And I have to say, Dr. Will, your audience is amazing. Like after our podcast aired last year, the feedback from everyone and the educational questions that your community comes with, with just such deep care and understanding for their own bodies and what they're putting in it. It was an amazing response. And so we're so happy to be on and um, excited to share some of the amazing things we've been formulating that all have to do with getting to the root cause of acne, which of course is exactly what you talk about too, all the internal root issues. And so we've been working on more, more products that help with all of that. I love it. Yeah. Echoing what Kaylee said, we, you know, we've done, we get interviewed quite a lot. We're very fortunate in that regard. And people come to us with questions, but the, the questions and the, the energy that comes from your audience is just so special to us because it's such an elevated conversation. And that's because that's what you lead. And like, just as a thought leader in this space, like we so appreciate like what you cultivate and how you inspire people to think and ask questions and connect the dots. Cause acne is so much more than just one thing, but most other skincare brands are just in it to sell products. And they'll be like, this is the one ingredient that'll change your skin forever. And it's so false. And we're trying to do cleanup on aisle five after all that, you know, <laughs> type of bad information. But yeah, the way that you get people thinking, like we just, we love it. It's totally our, our vibe. Thank you both so, so much. And I, I tell you, I get tagged in all the clear stem uh, regimens of people after the episode, they look, they, they take it because they learn so much from you. And they're going to learn even more today. So you're speaking about education and clean, clean up at aisle five. I love that. So what I know education first and educating the consumer was such an important part of the formation of clear stem. Why was that so important to you? Uh, and, and what specifically do you feel like the biggest, like where is the biggest educational gap, the knowing gap when it comes to acne and skincare as a whole? Yeah, huge, huge, very important question. So normally the playbook, if you struggle with acne, which like I think 90% of people battle with it at some point, whether it's just, you know, a quick, you know, spot, you know, difficult spot in puberty time or, you know, full on adult acne while into your 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s nowadays. So everyone's dealt with it in some capacity. But the typical playbook is you go to a dermatologist and what they do is they write prescriptions. You know, it's, you know, they'll put your 12 year old on birth control antibiotics usually at the same time and then some sort of you know antibiotic or um, you know retinoid from the pharmacy that just kind of annihilates the skin barrier and has its own layers of toxicity and massive side effects so that's what people are stuck with and when those things fail they go back then they get put on spironolactone and renewal of the antibiotics and then accutane when those don't work and it really is like that's it and it's cycle repeat so that's actually what i went through for over a decade until i started san diego acne clinic and what we do is actually the inverse of a traditional western dermatology appointment we spend an hour and a half with people going over their diet their vitamins when they're eating certain things every ingredient in their skincare and it's all the stuff that gets missed 
in a traditional appointment. So that is where the answers always lie, though. And it takes a while to uncover it and to prioritize triggers and to get familiar with checking for pore clogging ingredients. And so because it is so necessary to get people clear, we knew that that had to be the forefront of ClearSTEM. I think at the same time, Danielle and I want to show up in a way that we were failed. So we want to show up in the opposite. You know, we both went to so many doctors, dermatologists, and we're told the same things over and over again. And we know that so many women and men also struggle with the same thing of not being heard. And and we feel that and we want to try to cut that out. We want to try to help people ask questions get the root cause, get the true understanding and actually feel heard by someone. And that's why we decided to lead with education first, because on top of being failed by traditional medicine, the traditional medicine route, we've also been failed by skincare and marketing tactics, which is why you'll never see those kind of cheesy marketing tactics over our website, even though we've been pushed by consultants and other people to to put these different things on our website. We don't feel right saying like, oh, this is going to clear your acne. This is the one thing, just like Danielle was saying before. So we provide so much education of like, this can help with this, but you also have to look at these internal root causes and what actually is causing your acne. And you can be using our products, but if you're using makeup with poor clogging ingredients, they're not really going to work because you're still going to be breaking out. And so we like to be really truthful for how much different skincare, makeup, and traditional medicine we didn't feel was truthful to us. So we just want to be there and help everyone feel heard and understood with what they're going through. Got it. And so let's start with the outside in and someone that's going through breakouts, acne, rosacea, other inflammatory skin issues. Let's open up the conversation around that. But skin breakouts, inflammatory skin issues. You mentioned core pore clogging ingredients. How does someone know if what they're using is pore clogging ingredients? And maybe can you go over what are the top ones that maybe are surprising to people? Oh, I could talk about this all day. So if there was just one thing that affected your skin in a, you know, outlier dramatic impact kind of way, it would be pore clogging ingredients, but it's the most difficult thing for people to understand. So essentially there's all the cosmetics companies. A lot of them are owned by the same like big conglomerates like L'Oreal. So what they do is they get a lot of these shelf-stable, really inexpensive filler agents that make up the bulk of their products. Mm. And a lot of these are words that the average consumer has never heard of and really maybe can't even pronounce, right? They seem really intimidating, like ethyl hexyl palmitate or glycerol stearate SE or isopropyl myristate, things like that, where you look at the ingredient deck and you're like, I don't know what this is, but those are the things that are breaking everyone out. So then there's natural ones too, like algae, shea butter, coconut oil, things that you would think are healthy because they're so natural and familiar sounding. But at the end of the day, all these ingredients, they're thicker than your natural oil. Mm. That's the only characteristic. Organic doesn't mean anything. Natural doesn't mean anything. Clean doesn't mean anything with regards to acne and pore clogging ingredients. So what we did was we actually had our developer make a search function where people can copy and paste the ingredient deck to whatever they're using or curious about using throw it in the checker and it'll come back in red if there's a pore clogging ingredient. And then, you know, it's very likely going to break you out. 
Because wow. it is really overwhelming for people. They're like, okay, what, what does pore clogging mean? Because it's interchangeably also used for non-communogenic. That's what you'll see. But there's actually no regulation around that. So some companies will put non-communogenic when they'll have coconut oil in it because they'll operate on, you know, a different way of viewing it. Or if something's lower on the communogenic scale, which is basically the scale to tell you how pore clogging it is. Mm-hmm. If it's low, that'll still break someone out who's very acne prone, but they'll consider it non-communogenic. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, So that's why we created it is to give people that relief and feeling not so overwhelmed. Like I have all these products. How am I supposed to know (laughs) with all these ingredient names? Yeah. And to help people kind of nerd out on this a little bit. If you're, you know, some people, they, another common question is they'll reach out and be like, Hey, my moisturizer has one of these ingredients in it, but it's way far down on the ingredient deck, meaning it's lower in concentration. Well, depending on what that item is, like olive oil topically is a two on a scale of zero to five. That's about a 40% chance it's going to clog some of your pores. So people can kind of assess risk in that way. Like, oh, I'm not super acne prone. Mm -hmm. And I only use this thing maybe once a week. And it's, you know, it's rating is a two. So maybe it's fine to use once in a while. So Mm -hmm. the thing with this is it's not black or white all the time, just like everything in medicine, pretty much. So trying to help people make sense of that and make choices that work for them is what we intended to do with that search function. Because, I mean, going back to this bio-individuality part of this conversation, some people are more prone than others to break out. Can you talk about that variability of what's going on there with somebody's skin? If somebody is more prone to breakouts, how are they different than somebody that doesn't have the breakouts? Yeah, so it is definitely genetic. Uh, The root cause of acne is retention hyperkeratosis. Essentially, it just means you know, hyper means more keratosis is the keratin production factory of your skin. So retention means it basically gets stuck in your pores. So people like us who are acne prone can make up to five times more keratin protein than those who don't break out. Because we all have that friend who eats, eats like trash, doesn't wash their face and just never has had never deals with breakouts, right? And those people just don't have that gene. And then there's a ton of other triggers that add fuel to the fire, like, you know, hormonal issues, dietary triggers, things like that. But that is the root cause at the end of the day. And so depending on how genetically prone you are, that'll determine how acneic you are and how careful you need to be. So if you're someone who's pretty consistently dealing with acne, you want everything that you're using to be a zero on the comedogenic scale. Got it. So for people that wear makeup, is you mentioned that being pore clogging, a potential pore clogging uh, culprit. Is there any makeups that you recommend over others? Like what are some pro tips around makeup and pore clogging? Makeup can be hard sometimes because a lot of companies end up reformulating. So someone can use one foundation for four years and never have any issues in that reform that company either reformulates to make it cheaper or they get bought out, which a lot of times reformulation happens when companies get purchased by a larger conglomerate and it'll be reformulated with a pore clogging ingredient. And then someone's really confused because they're like, I've been using this for years. Well, it's definitely not my foundation. So it is really important to recheck every time you're buying something, the newest list of ingredients on their website and cross your fingers, hope they updated it. (laughs) But we always can, we always tell our audience, like be your own detective. And, and even if you have been using one foundation for years, like don't completely rule it out Mm -hmm. because they do reformulate, but we do have a favorite, favorite makeup brand that is very much clear stem ethos in every possible way. It's called Priya, P-R-I-I-A, actually out of Pennsylvania, but on the other side of Pennsylvania, Eastern Pennsylvania, 
We absolutely love her small business. Danielle and I have used her makeup for what eight years, eight now. years yeah. And, and we, we always go time. back to we it always too. go back. We test out a lot of others and just love to go back. So, like I said, with the same clear stem ethos, everything is always acne safe and a zero on the comedogenic scale. And it's actually focused on reducing inflammation of the face as well. So a lot of things have zinc in it to help calm the skin. Our favorite concealer that she makes, you can actually use on top of, you can actually sleep in it. You can put it on top of a breakout and it can help cover it up because it's concealer, but also as calming elements to help calm it down as well. So we're huge, we're huge fans and can support her enough. I love it. So the, you talked about some natural quote unquote, natural ingredients that are on that comedogenic scale. Did I say that right? Comedogenic? Yeah. Comedic. Nailed it, sound, it. It sounds in my mind, every time I'm saying that, I'm thinking of com- like comedic, but it's not funny. It's not funny at all. <laughs> it's it is not funny. It's serial. <laughs> I'm not in the Durham world, my friends. That's why I have you here. Comedogenic. Yes. Comedogenic. Uh, so shea butter, coconut oil, you mentioned that because they're more dense, right? Than our own skin mantle, skin oils, uh, is what are the other ones that people can be surprised about? Yes. Love this. So the top, the top natural and organic pore clogging ingredients are coconut oils. Number one, fractionated coconut oil can be saved sometimes, but for by and large, coconut oil is the top one. Like if you go and buy, uh, some, face lotion at like a farmer's market. And it's like, it's farm to table, fresh and natural as you can possibly imagine. It's still going to have coconut oil in it. It will absolutely break you out. So coconut oil, shea butter is the close second. Algae and seaweed derivatives are the number three one. And those can be tricky because sometimes it'll just say the lat, like the Latin species name of it, like laminaria digitata or laminaria saccharina extract. It doesn't say seaweed or algae, but once you type that into Google, tap images, you see that it's a giant slimy seaweed mess. So seaweed and algae derivatives. And then other things that are actually healthy to eat, like avocado oil, olive oil, things like that. And then various other oils. And uh, on this topic, not all oils are pore clogging. You know, every one of the common things in marketing is to say oil free, trying to capture that acne consumer. But there are a ton of oils that are actually safe. Most of them fall somewhere on the scale, though. So like, for example, coconut oil is a hard five, meaning like it will start breaking you out pretty much within an hour of you putting it on your face. Then, you know, avocado oil is a three, olive oil is a two. So yeah, those are those are the biggest ones that you're going to see over and over in the natural or clean sphere. Got it. And th- let's talk about some topicals that people use. And I'd love to get your hot take on them and like what your view is, if there's like a better for you version or if it's okay as is. First thing that comes to mind is retinol. People hear about retinol. They're maybe experimenting with retinol, trying it. But there's so much conflicting information out there. What What's your take on retinol, good or bad? We don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not the biggest fans. One, it isn't in the non-toxic sphere, which which is fine. But over time, and especially if someone's overusing it, it's going to compound. It's not pregnancy safe. But our, our biggest issue with it is actually, it, it's pretty ironic. So it's marketed to help with acne and to help with aging, but it makes you so extremely sensitive and sun sensitive mm-hmm. that it actually can cause accelerated aging mm-hmm. because it's withering down your skin barrier, making it thinner, making you more sun sensitive. 
And the regular person who's out during the day isn't applying sunscreen every two hours like you're supposed to, which you can with our brush on sunny side, by the way, that makes it easy. But the average person isn't thinking of it. So they're putting their SPF on maybe in the morning or they're not doing it at all. And it's wearing off throughout the day. And those harsh sun rays are coming through your car when you're Mm -hmm. driving to and from work. And so it can actually cause accelerated aging because of the sun damage it's doing to your skin because Mm -hmm. of how retinol is making your skin so sun sensitive. So it's pretty interesting how it's actually working against each other in that way. And then for anyone with just a little more sensitive and irritated skin, it can just be a lot for people. It accelerates the shedding of skin. And sometimes it can just be too much externally for for people's skin to handle. So a lot of people can have a ton of purging, a lot of irritation, and it doesn't play nice with other skincare products. So it traps you into using retinol and then all other hydrating products. And you can't be doing a lot of the products that create amazing change for your skin are different acids and exfoliating products. And it doesn't play nice with any of those. So it kind of backs you into a corner of only using that. And then once you've gotten your skin so far down the retinol rabbit hole, you actually have to build back up your skin barrier after getting off it before, you know, working with some other exfoliating and game changing products for your skin. Got it. I know there are plant based retinol alternatives. Can you talk about those? What are your thoughts on those? Well, yeah, so Bacuccio is the the um, hot girl right now for good reason, and it is a natural retinol alternative. So it kind of mimics the same exfoliation pattern that retinol can exhibit, but without the sun sensitivity and irritating side effects. So it can take a little longer to see results with it, but it's one of those things where if it's you know a slow daily use, you will get the benefits of it. We actually put Bacuccio in our moisturizer, our HydroGlow. So um, it's, you know, got the collagen stimulation benefits and the anti-aging, the anti-aging support there. So we do love Bacuchiol. And with the retinol situation, we really, really dislike the pharmaceutical retinols because that these are tretinoin and retin-A. Retin-A is the stinky white cream generally, and it has a notorious pore clogging filler agent in it. It has isopropyl myristate, which is the worst of the worst. And because this, the pore clogging conversation doesn't happen in that setting, people will start using it and it will not only be acting almost like a daily chemical peel on their skin, annihilating their skin barrier, but it's then refilling it with a pore clogging ingredient. And that's why people get such an intense purge and the purge doesn't even go away for some people. It just ruins their skin and then does a mic drop and leaves. And there was no benefit ever. And it, it kind of like Kaylee said, it doesn't play nice with other things. And it's almost like that toxic friend that scares away all your other healthy friends. <laughs> I love the analogy. So vitamin C is another one uh, people use on their skin a lot. I, I hear some people say, oh, I think it breaks me out. Like there's probably so many uh, sources of vitamin C out there and concentrations of vitamin C. Can you talk about what people should be looking out for when it comes to vitamin C on their skin topically? Definitely. So we love using vitamin C. We actually cocktailed it with our exfoliator. It's a blend of mandelic acid, turmeric, and vitamin C because they they play really nicely together. And the mandelic acid actually takes the vitamin C deeper down. So we do like vitamin C. There is a law of diminishing returns with it when you're using it as a standalone though. There are, it, it's fantastic for most people, which is why it's great. It's not very sensitizing. It can be incorporated into, in a lot of different ways. 
But when I say law of diminishing returns, people will generally go for the strongest percentage. Mm -hmm. And you actually don't want that because if it can't be worked into your skin and metabolized properly, it does oxidize and it can kind of, it can turn rancid kind of quickly. You have to store it properly. It should be in a kind of container that isn't, uh, that UV doesn't penetrate because it can denature kind of quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as you open it, it kind of oxidizes. So people need to use it very consciously. I would say it's, stick to something that's like a 10% or below and then phase it in the morning on bare skin, like every other day, and then work it into your, to your daily routine if you want to, but people go straight for like a 20% and um, it can actually kind of backfire and, or just like not really do what you were hoping it would do. Got it. It's, it's for you, which one of your products has vitamin C in it? It's called Clarity. It's our mandelic acid serum, the yellow one. Got it. Yeah. The yellow one. Yeah, the yellow one. So you recommend, as far as usage of that, you recommend someone has never used it before to go start with every other day and then work low and slow from that? Yeah, definitely. So that, that can be with vitamin C and with our, so our serum Clarity, we, people kind of refer to it as a vitamin C serum because it has that, but it's actually a mandelic acid. That's the main ingredient in it. And that's effective for wrinkles and acne, like the entire line is anti-aging, anti-acne, right? Yeah. So um, for any type of exfoliant like that, especially one that's powerful enough to create change, like this is a clinical level product. If you've never exfoliated before, it's always good to just start slowly. It's just like doing a, you know, a new pretty intense workout. You don't want to just jump in and start doing a marathon if you haven't trained, right? So you want to do smaller bits like every other night, let your skin get accustomed to it. And you might find that that's all you need. We like for people to phase things in because that's how you get to know your skin and you get to know which products are actually doing what. And that's kind of what we geek out on. It's for people to know what's going on with their skin and know what a product is doing and how they're responding to it. So yeah, phasing in is always important, especially with uh, exfoliation. It's actually really cool. We're very intuitive with skin. And just like Danielle said, we love people to get to know their own skin the same way we love what you do with your community, getting to know their own body and different levels of things, right? And like, not all foods do the same thing in people's bodies. Some bloat others when someone's fine on it. And Mm -hmm. it's very similar with skincare is all of our products are amazing for everyone in different dosages, though. Some people can do the Clarity Serum every single night and their skin thrives off of it. Some people, it's two or three days a week in the evening. And that's the fun part of getting to know your skin. And once you get into a routine, you start to have this intuitive feeling of, oh, you know, my skin is, you know, feeling a little dull. It's, uh, it, it needs some, I need some texturizing. It needs some exfoliating. I need to I clear it up. And so, you know, you know, okay, I'm going to use the pregame mask and clarity tonight on my skin to like, give it that fresh new glow look that it needs. Or, oh, my skin is, is so dry right now. I'm actually going to pull back on exfoliation and do some more hydrating and barrier restoring products on it. And I think that's that's a really cool thing when you get into a skincare routine. It starts to become intuitive, but we give people routines to start off with and start slowly to get to know your skin. So then you can start operating intuitively with it. Thank you for clarifying that. That's probably a bad pun for this conversation. Clarifying. I did not mean it like that, guys. But go, going back to- <laughs> That was a great one. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> the, uh, if you hear it for dad jokes, I, I'm, I'm your guy. It's, Our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even plan that one. Going back to the mandelic <laughs> acid, mandelic acid, I've been hearing more and more buzz around that, I guess, within the skincare wellness space. And can you, not a, it's still not a lot, a lot of people know about it. I don't know that much about it. You're, you're only from you, really. You mentioned being anti-aging, anti-acne. Where is it from? Like, what's the 
origin of mandelic acid? Is it the same as like an alpha or beta hydroxy or is it different? Great questions. Yeah. So alpha hydroxy acids, AHAs, are a really cool group of what we call friendly acids because they essentially take off the dead, dull surface of skin. And that sends a message down below for your body to replace that with brand new, healthy, fresh skin. So the cool thing about mandelic acid is it's like the Goldilocks of AHAs. There's the most mild, which is like lactic. And then there's like stronger ones, which is like glycolic. And then there's some other ones in between like phytic and malic. You don't really ever see those. So mandelic acid is actually like the Goldilocks of acids. And most people, almost everyone can tolerate it. Even if you've got active rosacea or other, you know, even eczema can tolerate it. So it's really a good fit for people, but it's strong enough to show up and do work. Whereas lactic acid, not really powerful enough to unclog a pore, which is what Clarity does. Its nickname is the blackhead dissolver. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back, BHA is actually salicylic acid, which is the really common one. That's what you get at like CVS, like the Neutrogenas of the world. That's the salicylic side. And those are, they're really mild. They don't, they can, they can be helpful, but again, they're not strong enough to show up and do real work. And you can only really get it in a 2% concentration, which is another limiting factor of that. Mm-hmm. So in our clarity serum, we use a medium to strong acid, but we blend it in such a way that it is tolerable for everyone's skin. And it's about a seven to 8%. So it is truly a clinical grade product. And the reason we chose that particular one is it's derived from almonds. So it's as natural as you can kind of get. I mean, most of these are pretty natural, but it's low on the EWG toxicity scale. It's well tolerated. Even if you have a nut allergy, it's still totally fine. And why mandelic is so perfect is because it's one of the few acids that's effective against fungal acne Mm -hmm. and it's extremely brightening. So you're getting a lot of benefits from this one particular acid. And those benefits, like everything else in our line, are for aging and acne. So AHAs are also useful for stimulating collagen and helping with fine lines and wrinkles. So Mm -hmm. we chose the acid that was great at that and unclogging a pore. So you get both. Love it. So when people are using these, like, let's just say more like uh, an array of different alpha and beta hydroxy acids, and some of them I see patients tell me like they're pretty strong. They make your, they really like um, slough a lot of your skin off, right? They're cause redness and they almost feel like the more potent it is, the better. They almost feel like they need to like rip their skin off to see the results. Is there something to that? Is there, is it really messing up their skin barrier? I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah. If you're overusing an acid, um, I think any acid over like an 8% is going to be too far. First of all, too strong for daily use and going to be too strong for a big chunk of the population. So seven to 8% is really that highest intersection of safe for everyone and strong enough to do the work. People that get a hold of like, say a 10 or 15% glycolic and they're using that all the time. Yeah, that's going to eat away your skin barrier. And the thing is, is when you first start using something like that, and I went through this personally, um, there was this like, it was called like pimple eraser or something. And it was this like, I think it was like a 10 to 20% glycolic solution. First couple of times user like, this is amazing because it's getting you that exfoliation that your skin was like desperate for, but then you keep using it because it was amazing. Then it kind of backfires. Then you start getting inflammation. You start getting red. The anti-inflammatory effects that it provided are no more because it's already done as much as it can do in that context. Got it. So if anyone's feeling like their skin is too dry or too sun sensitive, you need to pair back a little bit. The best way to think about it too, which you educate your audience on things like glycolic acids, 
for daily use. It's just like when, you know, if you put a client on, let's just say like a parasite cleanse or some type of detox protocol, where you're only supposed to be using those supplements within a certain period of time. And it's not for daily use every single day for years. It's just for that specific protocol. That's how it is with glycolic acid too. Like glycolic acid is amazing for peels. When you, when you go in, see your esthetician, it's the correct amount during the correct time, not over usage. It can do amazing things, mm -hmm. but it's not something you want to be putting on your skin every single day. Cause that can cause adverse reactions. Okay. Makes sense. The sun sensitivity, you mentioned sunscreen earlier. I'm assuming many sunscreens that people are using are pretty poor clogging as well. So what should people be looking out when it comes to sunscreen? Give, give them the ins and outs of that. Yes. Anyone who's struggled with acne is terrified of sunscreen and terrified <laughs> of moisturizer with good reason. They almost all have poor cloggers in it. So in my eight years of clinical work at San Diego acne, where I've gone over thousands of people's products. That's literally step one. When they come in, is they bring everything they're using, we go through every ingredient. I can confidently say that over 95% of cosmetics, makeup, sunscreen, lotion, they all have pore cloggers in them. So that said, you want to, anything that you're curious about using, check the ingredients on the checker on our website first. Step one, that'll rule out 95% of your choices and give you like one or two to pick from. But with sunscreen, you want to make sure you're doing mineral, mineral, aka physical sunscreen. Those are interchangeable. And it's basically zinc or titanium. Those two ingredients, and they are so perfect for sun protection because they reflect back the sun's rays. They like don't allow access to your skin. They're like a shield. Also zinc is anti-inflammatory. That's what diaper cream is made of. <laughs> so you get the anti-inflammatory benefits, which is, which is fantastic for everyone, acne or not. And then you get the fact that it's a shield and it lasts a little longer. Anything that's not made, any uh, sunscreen that's not zinc or titanium is going to be what they call the chemical sunscreens. Those are your abibenzone, octocrylene, homosalates, those have a whole host of issues and undesirable traits like, you know, hormone disruption, bad for the reefs, et cetera. But also just for skin, you don't know when they've worn off. They disintegrate and metabolize at different rates and they give people a false sense of protection. Whereas a mineral one is going to be stronger for longer. And if it's on your skin, it's still working. You can tell. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific SPF that you recommend which should, they should start with as far as the number is concerned? Yeah, as far as the SPF number, above a 25 is really what you want. I think it's more important to focus on a mineral sunscreen mm -hmm. and anything anything mineral is going to inherently be stronger. Got like it. you won't find a mineral sunscreen that's SPF 15, for example. So anything over a 25, the, the rule around that and why that kind of is, is because there's something called your minimal erythema dose. It's the amount of time that we can plop you unsunscreened out in the sun and how long it takes for you to get red or show show redness or irritation from the sun that can be you know four minutes if you're super fair or it could be like 10 minutes if you're if you're darker complected so you're supposed to take that number multiply it by the spf value and that's you know you're supposed to get at least 120 from that so it's that's a really antiquated math formula but to simplify it uh mineral sunscreens over spf 25 that's your starting point and you both, you have a sort of cult following powder sunscreen that I see everybody posting about. So tell me about that. Like maybe people have never heard of a powder sunscreen and how does it work? Tell us about it. We wanted to make it easy for people because most people are putting SPF first thing, on the first thing in the morning when they're doing their makeup. 
they're still not even leaving their house by then. You know, they do their makeup, maybe they make breakfast or making their coffee. If it's, you know, mom or dad, they're getting their kids ready uh, before they're heading to work. You know, there's different, you know, different routines in the morning. And by the time you head out of the house, that SPF might almost be gone at that point. Mm-hmm. And most people do not want to apply SPF on top of their makeup, especially zinc base. It's typically uh, white. So you're rubbing it on your dirty hands. You're trying to put it on top of your makeup. It's just not an ideal situation. So we want to create a sheer tinted sunscreen. So basically it does not create a white cast on top of your skin and you can easily brush it over top of makeup, brush it on your hands, brush it on your neck and chest throughout the day. When, if, whether you're out on a hike or you feel the sun coming in really strong from your car when you're, I, I, this has happened to me before, you know, I'm driving home around sunset and it's just blasting me in the face. And I quickly take out the sunny side brush and brush it on my face, neck, neck and chest. So we just want to make it really easy and convenient for people. And we didn't want it to, you know, we want people to be able to leave it in their purse, in their car, in their backpack, and it not melt. So we just wanted to make it just so convenient for people to be able to continually protect their skin throughout the day, no matter where they are. It's like your $38 insurance policy for everything else you're doing for your skin because most sun damage happens in the afternoon after your morning sunscreen has worn off, just to Kaylee's point. Say as a good rule of thumb, all sunscreen disappears after two hours. That's a good rule of thumb. So if you put it on, you know, eight in the morning, nine in the morning, by noon, imagine you don't have any on. That's when you're walking your dog. That's when you're picking up, uh, you know, in the afternoon, you're picking up kids from preschool or, you know, whatever. You're, you're living your life. You're running errands. You're sitting outside for lunch, perhaps, or you're going for a sunset walk. Most sun damage happens between like noon and sunset because your sunscreen has worn off. So reapplying it easily is your wingman. It's your insurance policy. It's the thing that will protect everything else you've already done. So we definitely should be reapplying sunscreen every few hours then, right? Two, three hours? Best practice. Yeah, best best practice. In an ideal world, if we're all being good to our bodies, that's what we should be doing. Yes. It helps calm your skin too because of the zinc in it. And it's actually, it helps with the blue light that comes from screens all day as well. So Mm. it's actually important to have on during the day if you're in front of of a computer screen all day, can just help protect your skin a little bit more. There's a a lot of marketing out there for like blue light skincare, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which again, is more of a marketing term, but zinc works great. That's a great point. So, I mean, the person that's out there, you know, it could be anybody, but I'm thinking especially uh, guys that maybe they don't apply sunscreen as much as women do. But let's just say the average person, no matter who you are, they're thinking, okay, I'm inside most of the day. I'm not outside. I have a desk. I have a desk job. You're saying that even our screens could be impacting, causing some. So can you explain that? I mean, that's probably, that's powerful. Yeah, it's it's very minimal damage, but it's all day, every day in front of screens. It's light damage that's coming. So it's it's blue light continually hitting our face all day, every day for hours on end. And that Mm -hmm. will cause DNA damage over time. So again, here and there, not a big deal. But I mean, today's society, we're really in front of computer. We have our we have our phones like five inches from our face from the time we wake up in the morning to laying in bed at night. Mm -hmm. And so just that consistent blue light hitting our skin causes micro damage every single day. Got it. So let's go from the inside out. Now we talked a lot about outside in now the inside out, you mentioned hormonal acne. I know when I look at labs, I see that quite often. Uh, they have testosterone issues, estrogen, progesterone imbalances, maybe some cortisol, thyroid issues. It's sort of 
a combination of different variables when it comes to acne. So can you talk about hormonal acne specifically? What are the maybe signs that would maybe differentiate uh, hormonal acne from other types of acne? And what are the top hormones that you, you see as being the culprit? Big, important question. So everyone thinks their acne is like hormonal. Like if you, like people self-diagnose, like I have hormonal acne, Mm -hmm. mainly because that's the only thing that's ever talked about. And we generally go to modifying the hormones to control acne. Mm -hmm. Not all acne is hormonal. Hormones play a role. Absolutely. For sure. No one's doubting that, but a lot of acne is actually caused from pore clogging ingredients and digestive issues like Mm -hmm. gut and stomach digestion. But back to the hormonal part, it's generally the male hormones or the androgens that cause an acne flare up. That's why you get it during puberty. That's why teenage boys get it really, really aggressively. And there's a lot of things that we do in our day-to-day life that cause hormonal fluctuations like sugar consumption, excessive caffeine, anything that's a stimulant can kind of spike testosterone. Vitamins, actually, a lot of vitamins can spike testosterone. And there are vitamins that everyone seems to be taking right now. For example, classic vitamin D. Vitamin D, most people are legitimately deficient, no question about it. But when you start taking it in a supplement form and it's a standalone, it'll have like 600 to 800% of your RDV. And then it might also be in your multivitamin, might also be in some other things. So a lot of people come into San Diego Acne Clinic and they're taking way too much vitamin D. And that matters because it's fat soluble, it builds up and it spikes testosterone. Like that, the relationship between vitamin D and testosterone is well documented, but it never gets put together in a usable way for someone who's struggling with acne. Mm -hmm. Then there's zinc. Zinc can also spike testosterone. And we see that a lot during cold and flu season every year because everyone starts taking zinc supplements. That's another one. And both of these can actually break you out around your mouth in your hormonal zone. So it's causing the hormonal acne. Mm -hmm. Another common one is excessive vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is obviously incredibly important, but in these B complex formulas and in especially the liquid vitamin B, you'll have like 20,000 to 80,000% RDV. It's just an astronomical amount. It's like being sprayed with a fire hose. So it's it's simply a dosage, um, a dosage conversation. And then biotin is another one that doesn't, it doesn't affect your hormonal acne, but it will make acne worse. And it's also cocktailed in with a lot of these other vitamins. So mm-hmm. as far as hormonal acne goes, we know women especially go through very noticeable cycles. And when we hit PMS time, the testosterone level is generally higher than the estrogen level. So that's why most women experience PMS acne mm-hmm. in order to manage all of this, the natural flows and the, you know, possibly excess amounts that we might accidentally be consuming. Uh, we actually created our hormonal acne supplement called mind, body, skin that helps regulate all of that. So it has dim for the estrogen balance. It has vitamin B5 for digestion and androgen control has bioavailable vitamin A, which helps you just not be as acneic. It helps your skin shed that extra keratin protein in a reasonable, helpful way. Then it also has liver support and digestive support because those are completely ignored in most acne conversations. And they're so, so, so important. I think I saw the formula of this early on. I think you guys gave me a sneak, sneak peek. It, it's, it's finally out. Yeah, now. we did. It's finally Oh yeah. Out. It's our best. It's our number one bestseller by far because we it's were, so effective. We were shocked by the outcome of it. And it makes sense. Like we're targeting the biggest internal root causes that the masses are dealing with. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, the feedback, the before and afters, Danielle and I just get the biggest amount of joy from making a positive impact and people 
sharing with us that their confidence has been transformed. They can, they can finally go to the grocery store without feeling like they have to put on makeup to cover up anything. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty amazing. That's amazing. It's transformative Mm -hmm. for sure. And it starts, it's unlike everything else. It starts working in like a week. You're not going to get like hundred percent results in a week, but you can actually feel a measurable and see it difference in like five to seven days because Mm -hmm. it's, proportionately addressing the main causes that most people have an imbalance of. Great. And it's supporting these most, the most common culprits internally, uh, if you're looking from the inside out, I mean, but you said what you said is so profoundly important here is the dose matters, right? You're not mega dosing these things. So it's effective at clearing, supporting hormone balance or supporting liver function, but not blasting it with these mega doses. Yeah, I actually got a message the other day from someone and she was like, my boyfriend's struggling with really, really aggressive cystic acne. Should I have him take double the dose that you listed? And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, please don't do that. No, I, I used the opportunity for proper education. And I just said, we, we formulated this with the correct dosages of everything. And, and more doesn't always mean better. More can actually have adverse ref- effects. Like with other things in life, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the proper dosages. So we really did, we put the dosage um, one to three capsules and we have some information on our website of you know who should be taking two, who should be taking three, but we did do the correct dosages on everything and more is not always better as you heard from us sharing about you know vitamin D, zinc, B12, all of those. Mm-hmm. Got it. So take people through what does a clear stem regimen protocol look like for both from the inside out and the outside in what does the day in the life look like yes so the first thing you should do before you buy anything from anyone or change anything is identify what the problems are so everything that you're currently using go online look it up copy paste the ingredient deck put it into that checker you'll see right there okay my moisturizer was the thing that was breaking me out it has ethyl hexyl palmitate or something you know identify what the problem is because if you blindly change things you'll never get anywhere and you'll just spin forever so that's step one then you have a clear direction of what needs to be replaced like say your your face wash is probably fine but say your moisturizer and your sunscreen are not you know to replace those with the you know the alternatives that that we have the we have two different sunscre- sunscreens, actually. One is called You Are Sunshine, and that's the daily kind of thicker one. And then we've got the sunny side one that's for touch-ups. But our moisturizer is our second biggest seller because most moisturizers have core cloggers. And then so people generally will need that from us. So you switch out, you get rid of what's causing the problem. You switch it out for things that are going to be helpful. And then from there, look at your vitamin levels. So vitamin D, B12, zinc, and biotin. Those are the four big ones that in excess, excess, excess is the keyword here. Those can backfire on you. So if you're taking more than like, because vitamin D is fat soluble, usually what I see is around 150 to 175% RDV. Above that, it can accumulate and cause hormonal acne on the chin. So if you are taking that much vitamin D and you have breath on it for a little while, take a couple weeks off. It's not going to hurt you. If you have a supplement that has uh, say over 500% RDV of B12, it could be backfiring on you. That's generally what we see with the level for B12. So hold off on that. Same thing with zinc and same thing with biotin. And what's really important with those is even if you aren't taking it in supplemental capsule form, make sure you're checking other things in your diet where it could be hiding through packaged yes. foods. So 
energy drinks are the worst of this. They typically are loaded with an insane amount of B12, a lot of them biotin and vitamin D and zinc too, because our society loves marketing. They love uh, an opportunity to stand out so they can say, you know, energy and immune. And basically all they have to do is put a bunch of vitamin D and zinc in it to be able to put that word immune on the front of their energy drink. So keep it in mind for, for beverages you're having, energy drinks, any it could even be canned coffee that says like immune or, you know, a skin coffee. It's usually going to be loaded with biotin, you know, make your skin glow coffee. Yeah. Uh, so it just, again, be, going back to being your own detective, look at maybe bar snacks that you're having throughout the day to see if it has additional uh, vitamins that they've loaded in it for different marketing reasons too. So again, even if you aren't taking it in the capsule form, find these different snacks and packaged goods that you're having throughout the day. Cause a lot of times it's hiding in there. And then sometimes you're really quadrupling your dosages by having it in an energy drink and a bar and taking a supplement. So that's really important to just to just check. check. After that, I would say diet. taking a look at the, the top acne triggering things in your diet. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to you know, completely wipe your diet doesn't need to be insanely overwhelming. We actually have a lot of amazing guides on our Instagram and on our website that addresses just the top acne triggering ones. That would be eggs. That's a big one for people. And it's actually the albumin protein in the egg whites. That's the biggest trigger of acne. Uh, dairy is a huge one for people. I'd say that's on the number, the number one. And the sneaky one within dairy is whey protein. You know, a lot of people will go to the gym in the morning. It has a smoothie shop attached to it. They just get their favorite smoothie. They don't ask what protein is in it. And a lot of times it's whey protein. So looking for a plant-based alternative protein, switching out the whey. Whey is also a sneaky one in different bars, protein snacks, things like that. You'll also see uh, milk protein isolate, uh, milk powder. You'll see it listed a lot of different ways. So again, checking the ingredients, looking for clues that say milk and dairy in, in some or whey in some kind of form. Dairy, eggs, gluten is a big one for people uh, that, that's not addressed a lot. I mean, gluten already causes inflammation and comes out in different ways for different people. Sometimes it's sinus issues. Sometimes it's rheumatoid arthritis. Sometimes it's joint pain for people. But for people who are more acne prone, gluten is going to trigger that inflammation response in your body. So that's a really big one to look at. The next one would be excess caffeine. Again, back to just dosages of things in general. Um, a lot that's of the one that's the hardest. I know. Like, I don't want to give up my coffee. As I was don't sipping my to... coffee, you guys are like looking down. <laughs> I I love like Danielle loves matcha. I'm I just love the ritual and the taste of coffee. It's just all about the dosages. Mm -hmm. So high amounts of caffeine can also trigger testosterone production. It's a good rule of thumb. Anything that speeds you up can break you out. It's also going to raise your body temperature, make you sweat a little bit more. So it's something just to be really conscious of and, and making sure in the morning, like you can still have your morning coffee and enjoy it. Just get up, have your water with electrolytes in it first thing in the morning before you have your coffee, just make sure you're hydrating before, you know, cause we, you know, you haven't drank for six to eight hours while you're sleeping and then just dousing your body with caffeine and your cortisol levels are going crazy. Not a good start for, for anyone <laughs> to the day. So it's also going to help manage, you know, if you get any anxiety from coffee as well, just fueling your body up first. And it's, it's great to not necessarily have coffee on an empty stomach as well. 
great for our hormones to support our body in that way, especially if you're struggling with hormonal imbalances. And then the last one I would say is, is alcohol. And again, everything in, in moderation for people, but alcohol can trigger acne in a lot of different forms. One, if you're mixing it with a lot of things, sugary drinks, cranberry juice, you name it, you're just dousing yourself with a lot of sugar. It's another inflammatory thing you're putting in your body. So again, however your body reacts to inflammation, it's going to trigger that including acne. And then those darker alcohols, got really hard for your body to break down. And if you're already struggling with hormonal issues and your liver is really bogged down and then you drink alcohol, your body's going to prioritize getting that toxin out first. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make your liver really sluggish and not actually get to what it's supposed to be doing for your body. It's going to be like, get this alcohol, get this poison out of the body. So it's just going to focus on that. And you want the priority to be your hormones and uh, natural detoxification of, you know, everything we come in contact with in life these days. So, and then with, with wine, it can be loaded. There's actually wine that can have gluten in it and animal products in it. There's, you know, over 80 additives that people do not have to declare on the back of a bottle. I mean, have you ever turned over a wine bottle and seen a nutrition label to know what they put into it? It's a lot of flavorings and mega purple and just a ton of stuff. Uh, and the sulfites the can sulfites. cause a histamine. Yep. Response. So, yeah. So yeah. we like to we like to include alcohol on there as well, especially if someone is is going through a healing process. It you know, we're not saying you have to give it up forever, but when your body's trying to heal, you want to support it in the best way possible and give it all of its energy that it needs to to do its own job and really be there for your body. So we're we're big proponents of if you need to cut it out for a little bit to to let your body heal and, and regenerate, uh, we always recommend that. Got it. So if you had to pick, obviously they can look at, I like your tips of like what's has the poor clogging ingredients and swap out with a clear stem product. So you have something that, that loves your skin back. But if you had to pick just one clear stem product that is your favorite, what would it be? Oh gosh. People always ask at this. It's like being, it's like choosing between your kids, but you have 14 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Can we pick a top three? Uh, okay. My favorite one for sure be mind, body, skin. Okay. So internally mind, body, skin. I personally am like the most acne prone human on earth. It, I had to do AccuChain three separate times and my acne still came right back. So the struggle is, is as real as it gets with my system. So mind, body, skin is the reason my skin looks good for sure. Mm. Topically, I have to say the moisturizer because most, because you always have to look at the alternatives, right? When you're talking about anything and the alternative is not good. Like most moisturizers have pore clogging ingredients in them. So you're stuck between choosing dry skin and not nourishing your skin barrier or breaking out. And our moisturizer completely solves that. It's called Hydroglow. Love it. I'll pick a different one for the sake of, of picking our favorites. I would say Clarity, the yellow one. That was the other one I was yeah. going to say. It creates really fast change in the skin, especially if you're if you're breaking out or you're seeing that your skin just has really dull texture to it and you want a beautiful, smooth, bright canvas, clarity overnight change. I mean, I'll go, I like to cycle on and off it because I see even bigger change in my skin. So you know, maybe I'm traveling and I take a few days off it and I come home and I do clarity. It's like boom, my face is so bright and clear the next morning. I love the the positive reinforcement of clarity. 
And is that the one with the mandelic acid in it? Yes. Yeah, exactly. One that has mandelic, vitamin C Mm -hmm. and turmeric. And it really like, oh, pro tip on that. So any exfoliating acid, AHA, mandelic, glycolic, lactic, anything that's an acid, most people don't know this. You're supposed to put it on bare skin and then leave it alone for about 10 to 15 minutes to do its work. Because the reason it's effective is because it's an acid. It has a lower pH. The moment you put something else on top of it, it neutralizes it. And so many people aren't Mm. taught that. So we love to just the PSA for the public good. Yeah. Like if you're using an AHA, let it sit alone for about 10 minutes. That's how it, that's where it does its work, actually. Wow. I did not know that. So you obviously if somebody's going to go through the trouble of using a product, you want to make sure the application you're getting the benefits of it, the full benefits of it. Yes. So read the directions. Yeah, it's on the directions, but <laughs> or, we're all yeah, busy and no bottle. one reads instructions. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you remind, remind. so wait 15 minutes when you're using an alpha hydroxy acid. Is it better, not just with AHAs, but products in general, are there some products that are better to be used with your, a damp skin versus a dry skin or doesn't that matter? Ooh, that's such a good question. So damp skin is going to be a little more permeable. It's going to um, welcome in whatever you're putting on. So you don't want your skin to be wet, like definitely towel off. But you know, if you could put a paper towel on your face and you know, it comes off pretty dry, but you're still moist, like that's actually perfect. Okay. Your pores are pretty open. It's fabulous. So that's when you want to start layering things and you layer thinnest to thickest. So your, your exfoliant, your AHA or anything like that. First, okay. First you cleanse or scrub. Then if you use a toner, then you tone. Once that's soaked in, then you do your exfoliant, your chemical exfoliant, which is an AHA or BHA. You let that do its work for 10 or 15 minutes. Don't rinse it off. Then you just come back and do your the rest of your steps. Most people have two to three hydrating steps in their skincare routine. They'll have a serum and then they'll have a moisturizer, maybe a moisture mask or something like that. So if you have a couple different moisturizing products, you just layer thinnest to thickest. For example, you could do um, the like a serum that's usually a hyaluronic base that's really thin. It's going to go right in like a drink of water. Then you do your moisturizer. Think of that like a smoothie, you know, in terms of like hydration. So you would do thinnest to thickest. And then if you want to use some people really love using an oil, you know, whether it's an acne safe oil like hemp oil or rose hips, um, or if you're not acne prone at all and you're using like coconut oil, you would do that last because nothing is going to be able to penetrate through that. Mm. So yeah, layering thinnest to thickest is definitely a question that I feel like most people need the answer to. Got it. So as you, I think you guys played this game last time, but you know, the podcast is called the art of being well, this is Kaylee and Danielle's art of being well, I'm going to ask you different questions this time. I think I'm going to, I don't remember exactly what I asked you, but I'll make sure that they're different this time. Okay. Uh, first question Deal. is what's your favorite outdoor nature sound? Is it like the ocean? Is it like breeze through the trees? What is Ooh, it for you? Crickets. Cricket and like the locusts at night, and I only get that when I go home to Pittsburgh or on the East Coast. You don't hear them out here, so when I'm traveling somewhere, because it is other parts of the country, when I'm traveling somewhere and I hear that evening cricket sound, it just it's so peaceful at night. I I love it, and I I only I didn't know I missed it until I left home. I love you said that. No one's ever said that, and it is such an East Coast thing. It is like something rhythmic and grounding yeah it. it's like childhood like it reminds me of like running around in my backyard yeah. in the evening in bare feet my parents just letting me like play on the swing set and run around and you hear the crickets and it's just I don't know I think it's just really nostalgic and in childhood warming for yeah. me how about you Danielle that's so funny I'm born and raised San Diego and <laughs> I know what like, you guys are talking uh, about traffic like at all car horns <laughs> I'll be like 
This is the cricket sound. I cannot wait to point it out to you next time we're somewhere over here. And I'll be like, you have animals in your backyard. <laughs> Uh, okay, my favorite outdoor sound. I gotta say, birds. I wake up. There's a huge tree right outside my my front door, and I sleep with my front door open. And they, I swear to God, there's like 50 of them in there, and they start going. They start like one of them will kind of start, and then he'll rally his buddies, and then they start like singing together, and then they start, and then there's other birds, and they start chiming in, and I feel like there's a whole symphony of communication going on that I just, like, want to know what they're saying so bad. I love it so much. <laughs> so, I, I, they fascinate me. I'm not a bird watcher, but listening to them talk, I'm like, wow, they're really having a meaningful dialogue. I love that. <laughs> I love that, too. You're not a bird watcher. Do you have a favorite bird that you hear or, or see? I, no, I wouldn't Do say that. I like the, little, I like the that. little ones that hop around. The ones that don't walk, but they hop around. Those are adorable. The, the little hopping birds. We don't know what they're called. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's alive, everyone, anyone listening to this that knows birds very well, please let us know what the little hopping birds are. Yeah, little are. hopping birds, yeah. <laughs> please and thank you. <laughs> What's your favorite natural scent? It could be like an essential oil, something you're burning. What, what's it for you? I think, is it jasmine or geranium for me? I think it's geranium. And I was walking, taking a walk the other day and I got a huge whiff of it and found in someone's like front yard billowing over their fence. No, maybe it's jasmine, but in the fresh form, like the synthetic mm-hmm. form, I don't like as much. It was either jasmine or geranium. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to Both figure this out, but it's like, I smell the, the, the big flowering bush and it's just the most amazing scent. I feel like you like jasmine. Is it jasmine? We use yeah. jasmine essential oil in our bounce back serum, and you love yeah, that one. Right, yeah. yeah, anything jasmine, I'm very drawn to. Yes, and knowing you well, I think it's jasmine. <laughs> oh gosh, that's my favorite scent. Um, I like to mix Palo Santo and sage together because then you get calming and stimulating energy at the same time. Normally, people it's binary stage to wind down Palo Santo to get creative. I like to be a rebel and mix them together. And that's my favorite swirl. I love it. Do you, you, are burning them? Do you have like essential oils of these? Burning them, burning them. I like the ritual of like, you know, lighting the fire, slowly Mm -hmm. burning it, blowing on it. It just brings a lot of intention to it. it. And I I forgot about doing it for a while and then refound some, some sage that I had bought and lit it yesterday, actually, because it was nice and dreary and it was just cozy, good sage weather. And I was like, God, I love this. That's so good. We, we, burn it at the clinic the telehealth center it's something so grounding and cleansing of the air it's, it it's like ceremonial mm-hmm. yeah it is it's it's yeah. and it is sacred it is very sacred it is sacred do you uh either of you both of you do you wear a perfume it could be you know natural conventional no judgment here what's what's your scent of choice at, on your body i've been experimenting a lot lately after I've been hearing a little bit more about the perfume industry because I love I I love perfume. I love the idea of having a scent and people smelling and just smelling like you. So I'm experimenting with a couple different ones right now. And now I'm completely blanking on the name. There's this brand, it has one called Tangerine Boy. They were actually the very first fragrance company to put a like essentially a nutrition label on it and on the website share the breakdown of everything that's in it and mm. why it's been around for like 10 15 years but bought and sold multiple times i'm blanking on but anyone that knows change that was like their they sell it at neighborhood goods yeah i know what you're talking yeah, about yeah it's that one i'm like flume maybe it's something like that like p-h-l-u-m i could be making that up but i've been actually testing a lot of 
perfumes. It's, it's so interesting how your body either likes it or not. You know, like I'll, I'll try it. Basically what I do is I try different ones. I'll wear it for a week and see who compliments me. And if no one compliments me, I'll, t- I'll, I'll try another That's one. Your and then I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then people will be like, oh, you smell really good. And I'm like, okay, this mixes with my natural oils and, and pheromones. I will move forward with this one. So I am now in the midst of testing. I love it. If anyone has any recommendations, please let me know. <laughs> That's a good idea. You could just spray one and then just like have all your guy friends in a line. Just be like, tell me what this does to you. Tell me. And be like, oh, you're the one I have a crush on. So good. If you like it, I'm into it. (laughs) Great idea. What am I? I have like three that I alternate. One is a Jo Malone. I think it's the amber, amber something. It's light and springy. And then another one is called Gypsy Woman. And it's just musky and moody. And then the other one that everyone and their mother is into right now is Baccarat. And that's what I'm like, ready to take on the town. You know, it's so funny. I like every time I smell someone, I'm like, Oh my, you sound you smell amazing. They say it's Baccarat. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've tried my friends before and it doesn't smell the same on me. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, you know, how like perfumes different for everyone. So I think that like some people it's like unreal that Baccarat smell on people, but yet didn't mix well with me. And I was like, shoot, this is so good for, I, I want to smell like how everyone else smells. Yeah. I love it. Do you have a favorite, Such a, good one, though. a natural deodorant? I was literally just going to say, if you don't have uh, a perfume of choice. <laughs> My friend turned me on to this. Uh, it's native deodorant and it's sugar cookie scent. And it smells amazing. I've smelt it before Wait. at Target. I, 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 literally, it I'm wearing just it like right sugar now. Stick away. <laughs> <laughs> I love Native too, and I'm bouncing between scents now. So I need this to try one, that one. It was like limited edition. I had to like buy a bunch off Amazon, but I, like <laughs> even throughout all day and through the next morning, it smells like sugar cookies. It is divine. It, it does that. smell just like sugar cookies. I, I want to know how they did that. And it's good well, at- they do have. They do have fragrance in it. So it's likely a synthetic fragrance. I I don't, I mean, it's probably heavy in vanilla and I shouldn't say Mm -hmm. it's likely a synthetic fragrance, but when something is listed as fragrance, it generally is. But yeah, it it doesn't have aluminum. So it's healthier than the alternative. Yeah. It just, it smells phenomenal. I think it has some, some vanilla and then a couple other mystery things, but my God, it smells just like a sugar cookie. We also sometimes love experimenting with using our clarity serum as deodorant. We've been mm. playing around with that a lot because the the AHA just just helps with, you know, with killing it because it's like one of the early products that help with fungal acne. It helps with sweat down there. So I'll go on and off using deodorant. And on my off days, I'll like to put the Clarity Serum on my armpits. Love it. Pro tip. It's what? called underarms on your set of community. You mentioned Palo Santo. My deodorant is... Uh, is it the humble brand? I think it's humble. Yeah. Humble. It's Palo Santo, Palo Santo and frankincense. It's so good. Oh, so okay. Good. I need to try Check that one. I'm always, I'm like always changing and like trying new natural deodorants to see what works again. Yeah. See who compliments me on how I smell. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. The, uh, do you know what Enneagram you are? I was yes. just going to ask you this. because I don't remember what I am and I can't find it in my, I'm a three wing two to the core. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I think I was a seven. I, I think you were like a seven, seven, eight. Yeah, I think about it. Yeah, yeah I think that was We actually it. have quite a, we have quite a few friends in our circle that are the seven, eight. They're like the, because Danielle's a manifesting generator if you like human design and I'm a projector, which co-founders work so well together. I think we'd like go crazy if we were both manifesting generators. <laughs> 
because <laughs> they, they both balance each other out in the best possible ways. And I think a lot of MGs, manifest generators that we know are all like it interchangeably eight sevens. Interesting. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. What are you? I'm a five wing four, which is like, a what does that mean? Researcher and individualist. Question everything. That, that is you to a T. Yeah. I know, right? It's it's so true. See, I don't know anything about the human design, but more I'm hearing it more and more. I need to figure out which one I am. We can connect you with someone. I think you would love it because it goes it goes way deeper than Enneagram. Um, because you have your t- but then you have your emotional type, your taste type. So like how you process emotions. So I'm someone, I'm emotional, or it's what authority you are. I'm emotional authority. So I have to sleep on things. My gut reaction to things are just emotional and, and not might not be how I actually feel about something. So I'm actually supposed to sleep on really big decisions and, and let my emotions settle. So then my logical brain can, can come in and adjust versus other people are like sacral or gut where they like, they know right away and sleeping on something will never change. Mm. Like will, will never shift how they feel. So there's a lot of really cool breakdowns in human design that allow you to know not only yourself better, but any type of partner, whether it's like co-founder, re- like romantic relationship, friendships, and just mm-hmm. appreciating that everyone works so, so differently. And instead of, you know, causing tension between not seeing eye to eye or not having the same amount of energy or processing or decision making, you can really like love and respect the other, how someone else lives their life and, mm-hmm. and processes information and, and handle situations. They can love and respect the way you do. And it just helps with communication and, and relationships in general. I need to check this out. I need to check it out. Human design. Stay tuned, yeah. people, to find out which <laughs> one I am. <laughs> uh, Danielle, the last time we talked on the podcast, you said something to me that stuck in my mind was what you said when you go, go to a parking lot can you? They, they, <laughs> I love they that you're bringing by, this up. I, but let's wrap it's up. It's meant today's, to stick in your mind. <laughs> yeah, it, I think about it all the time. So tell everybody this like life tip. <laughs> it's I turn everyone onto this, and I warn people when I'm developing a new friendship. I'm like, by the way, you're going to be hearing me say this, and sure, <laughs> sure as hell, they they adopt it too. But it's called it's how do I always get what I want. And it's a framing technique that is effective because the mind doesn't like uncertainty. The mind hates uncertainty. We'd rather feel right about something, even if it's dead wrong, than be unsure about it, right? It's just a natural cognitive tendency. So when we see a question, we ruminate on it. If you're reading something and there's, say, five sentences, but one of them has one of them's a question, you're going to be focused on that thing because the mind doesn't like uncertainty. So when you've say, how do I always get what I want? And you're attaching it to any little win. And I mean, any little win, like the example you're remembering is if you're in a parking lot and you get a spot right up front, how do I always get what I want? Say you're circling around forever and your spot's way at the back. Great. You get extra uh, extra, uh, sunshine and extra steps. You needed to get your steps in anyway. How do you always get what you want? So you have to say that. And even if it's like you made the perfect cup of tea, it's the perfect temperature with the right amount of whatever you love in it, or you woke up just, you know, super refreshed that day. Like, how do I always get what I want? The more you train yourself to say that, especially for the little innocuous things, the happier you will wind up being because it just frames everything to be positive. And it makes you just like, remember that you are winning all the time every day. I love that. And it's such like a fresh spin on cultivating gratitude and perspective shift. 
right? It's, it is powerful. I, I do it now. And my Solomon, who, you know, my son, he does it too. Yeah. So you're, Oh, Solomon's doing it too. Yes, I, love yes, <laughs> I love him. I love this. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being on back. I know people are going to get so much out of today's conversation. Where can they go about to learn all about thing, all the things you have going on at ClearStem? Yeah, so we are very active on social accounts with a ton of education, more juicy things that you learn from on this podcast. So ClearStem Skincare across all social platforms and then ClearStemSkincare.com. We have a ton of more resources. The pore quality ingredients checker is on there that we talked about today and just some great educational support. We also have a Dicture Acne Protocol that goes deeper into all these root causes of acne that we talk about so you can address your root causes. So that's something to look at if you need a little more support with it. And then Danielle's Instagram, also full of education. Danielle, the acne guru. Mine is Kaylee.Christina. So please, like our... Again, our DMs are very active. Our, our team is on the clear stem one. And so please let us know if you have any questions, guidance. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, we have a team of four. I think it's up to five now in the DM service. Yep. We're just answering all the DMs we get. And yeah, like yeah. bring it. We love it. Yep. Uh, well, I love you both. Thank, appreciate you. Thanks for coming back on the pod. Thanks Thank for having you. us. And congrats on your book. We're so thrilled for you. Thank Gut you feelings. So, so powerful. Thank love you it. So love you. Go to clearstemskincare.com and use code WILLCOLE for 15% off your order. That's clearstemskincare.com. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 15% off. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.